This is a story by the traveller storyteller Stanley Robertson. He was a, an old friend of mine, sadly no longer with us. But this story is called Old Kruvi. Now there was once a young lad called Chack. And Chack was a lovely, nice, friendly, helpful young man. And he worked as a shepherd on a big farm that belonged to a greedy laird. The laird's the landowner, you know. Now, he was up there looking after the sheep the whole time up on the hillside, and he loved his job. He was hardly paid anything for it, and he was very, very poor, but that didn't bother Chuck. He loved the sheep, he loved to look after them, he loved lambing time, and he loved all the animals around there maybe with the exception of the foxes and the wild dogs that chased the sheep, but he would just chase them away. But he loved no other place more than on the top of the hill, because there was a ring of ancient oak trees, a great big circle of them. And he loved to sit up there because he could look down the hill towards the river, and he could see all his sheep grazing away there, and the birds chattered and twittered away in the trees, and he loved the birds. In fact, he'd spent so long sitting up there listening to the birds' twittering and chattering that he started to understand their language, and he could speak to them. Well, he lived with his old mother, although he never got a chance to go home too often. But he shared whatever money that he made with his mother, and also he would gather up all the little strands of wool that would be caught on bushes, and he would take them back to his mother, and she would spin them into into thread, and she would, uh, she would knit chumpers and socks with them. She would dye the wool with natural dye, so they were all bright colours, and then she would knit jumpers and socks, and she would sell them down at market and make a, a few pennies that way as well. Now, there was one day when Chuck was up on his hill, as usual, when he noticed that the birds were in a terrible commotion. They were all twittering and chattering between them, and he could make out what they were saying. And all the, the mother and father birds were urging their young offspring to fledge, to fly from the nest. Come on, they were saying, we have to go. You know, tonight's the night. We must leave here. We can't stay. Well, Chuck said to them, What's the problem with you? Why are you all so excited? What's what's going to happen tonight? Well, this is the night that the trees dance, said the birds. Dance, said Chuck. Oh, yes, this is the night that the trees will walk, and they dance. So we have to go and move somewhere else for the night, and then we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll be back up in the branches, and we'll be singing away to you just the same as ever. Well, well, he said, never heard of such a thing as that before. Now the greedy laird, who lived in a big house on the top of another hill, he saw this commotion among the birds, and he wondered what was going on. And he thought, I'll ask Chack, because Chack knows the language of the birds, and so the greedy laird went down to see him, 
Hello, Chuck. Oh, hello, sir, he said. The birds, they seem to me in a terrible commotion. What's wrong with them? Why are they so excited? What's, what's going on? Well, the birds tell me, said Jack, that tonight these trees are going to leave the spot where they grow and they're going to go and dance. Is that so? said the greedy laird. Well, that's what the birds tell me. Hmm. You know, said Jack, I'm thinking about hiding here tonight at a safe distance just to watch, just to see the trees move and dance. I'd love to see that. Yeah, said the greedy laird, yeah, I think I'd like to join you as well, Chuck. I would like to see that too. So, the greedy laird left. Well, after a wee while, Chuck's mother came up with a wee bite to eat for him. She used to pay him a visit every day, and she would always bring him a wee bite to eat, and sometimes she would bring him a nice new knitted chumper or pair of socks to keep him warm in the cold weather. Well, this day she came up and she said, There's something in the air, Chuck. I can feel it. There's something in the air tonight, and I think that there could be danger. So I've brought you this. And she gave him a long piece of rope that she had knitted from wool. It was very long and it was very strong. She said, Take this with you because you might need it. It might save your life. Well, Chuck thanked her. She said, You know, I just have this feeling that something is going to happen tonight, and I think that this might be the night when the trees dance. Well, yes, it is, said Chuck. The birds told me. I thought so, said his mother. I could feel something. I could sense it. Well, you know that these trees, they can only walk one night every fifty years, Chuck. Sad right? Yeah, I remember my mother telling me that when I was a small girl, she said. And these trees, they will uproot themselves and they will go down the hillside and they will dance with the young maiden trees down there by the riverside. And then they'll come back to their birth spot, this place where their acorn first sprouted. This is a place of magic, Jack, and you have to be very careful, because, you see, when the trees uproot themselves, they leave a big hole in the ground, and underneath the hole there is treasure. It's filled with treasure, Jack, gold and silver and gems. And if you pop down into the hole, don't be greedy, Jack, don't be greedy, just take a few gems and come back, because it's too dangerous to take any more. You see, the trees will know. And if you only take a few things, well, they'll overlook it. They won't bother. But if you take too much, then they will come after you. And if they get a hold of your track, they will leap on you, and they will pound you into jelly. Oh, well, I don't want that. No, so don't be greedy. Just take a few pieces. Good luck to you, Jack, she said, and away she went. 
Well, Jack was standing there pondering all these strange things that he was hearing today. I mean, it was beyond belief. Now, he had another visitor, and this one was very welcome. This was the girl that worked in the kitchen, who loved Jack. And Jack, well, he loved her too, but he was too shy to say it. But he really liked her. She was very pretty, all apply red cheeks and smiles, and she was a lovely girl. And she said, Jack, I've come to warn you. That greedy laird, he's up to something. He's up to no good tonight. He was talking about coming here and and plundering treasures or something like that, and, but, oh, he's a strange one. He's a dark mood. He's, an, he's not nice. He's dabbles in black magic. He's, he's not to be trusted, Chuck. You have to be careful. You have to be very careful of that man. I will be, said Chuck. Don't worry. Now, Chuck settled down in a little clump of trees a bit further off, more bushes than trees, really, nothing that that old Kruvy would be caring about. Now, this was another thing that he had heard that day, was that the biggest oak tree that grew in that circle was the king of the oaks, and his name was Old Kruvy. And the other trees in that ring were his royal attendants, who would follow him. And he had the biggest birth spot of them all, where his acorn had grown many, many years ago and had sprouted into a little sapling and grown into a huge tree. And now he was all knotted and gnarled with age. He was a huge tree. But you had to be very careful with him. So Chuck was sitting there thinking over all of these strange things that he'd had that day. And the sun set. It was midsummer. And the moon came out. And when the moon started to shine, he noticed that there was somebody alongside him. He turned around and it was the greedy laird. Hello, Chuck, he said. I've come down to watch the trees as well. Well, he said, uh, nothing's happened yet. So the two of them stayed there, silent and still, never speaking a word, not even breathing too loud. And when this moon was shining and high up in the sky, they could see the biggest tree, old Kruvy, the king of the oaks, start to slowly sway back and forth, although there was not a breath of wind. He swayed back and forth, and then he started to stretch his trunk up, and he started to pull up his roots, and the roots came out of the ground, and he raised himself up on his roots, and he started to walk down the hill. The other trees all did the same as well. They all followed him down the hill, down to the stream where the young maiden trees were. And then he watched them as they reached these little young maiden trees, and they started to sway slowly backwards and forwards. And then they started to sway faster and faster and faster until they got up on the roots, and they started to dance. They danced a chig, a happy dance. Well, Chuck 
and the greedy laird very quietly went over to the spot where they had been, where they had left, and there in the ground there was a whole series of holes, a whole lot of pits in the ground where the trees had been but had pulled themselves up, and the biggest one of them all was old Crovies, the king of the oaks. Now the laird said, Jack, this hole is mine, and if you try to take just so much as one gem from it, then I'll gut you like a fish. Well, the laird had a large dagger hanging from his belt, and Jack knew better than to cross him. I'm not going to touch it, he said. The laird jumped down into the pit, and he could hear the sound of shoveling going on. Now Jack went over and looked in one of the other pits, and sure enough, there below him, in the moonlight, was twinkling gold and silver and gems of all the colours of the rainbow. He dropped down into this pit, and he picked up just a few gems and put them in his pocket. But to his horror, he discovered that when he did that, the pit sank deeper and deeper and deeper, and now the pit was so deep that he couldn't reach the top of it, and he'd forgotten to tie the rope onto something, so he was stuck down there. Oh, and when the tree came back, it would just pound him into jelly. He was standing there wondering what he could do to save his life when he looked up, and there he saw a face, a familiar face, a friendly face, a face he loved. It was the little girl from the kitchen. And she said, Are you down there, Chuck? Are you okay? Oh, I'm fine, he says, but here, I've, uh, I'll throw you this rope, he said. Could you tie it to something? So he threw her the rope, and she fastened it, and he climbed up it with his few gems in his pocket. And then he went over to the hole where old Crovey had stood, where the laird was busy shoveling all the gold and silver and gems into a sack. And he looked down, and by this time the laird had sunk so deep into the ground that they could hardly see him. He shouted down, Laird! Are you down there? You have to go. It'll soon be time. Old Crovey will be coming back. Well, there was no reply, because the laird was so greedy, all he could see was the treasure, and all he could think about was getting as much of the treasure as he could. He hadn't even noticed that the pent was sinking deeper and deeper into the ground and there was no way that he could get back. Also, he'd filled the sack so full he couldn't even lift it. Laird, Laird, quick! Old Crovey's coming. I can see him coming up the hill. You'd better go, or he'll get you here. Well, the Laird paid no attention. Never even heard him. He was too busy stealing all the gems that belonged to old Crovey. Now Chuck and the girl ran down the hill and up the other one, and they hid among the bushes, and they watched. And old Crovey and his attendants came back, and old Crovey went back to his birth spot, the place where his acorn had first sprouted, and he sunk down into the hole. He thrust his roots down into it, and then all the earth 
covered them over just the way it had been before, and the laird was still down there. Well, that was the last that Jack, or the girl from the kitchen, or anyone else ever saw of the greedy laird. Now, Jack went home to his mother and gave her the gems that he'd found, and she was able to sell them to a jeweler and made a reasonable amount of money. It was enough for them to buy a nice wee cottage for her, rather than the little hovel that she rented from the greedy laird. She had her own home now, and she had enough money to live on, and so did Jack, and he was quite happy. He never wanted much from life, but he, as long as he had enough, that was fine. Now, the wicked laird, the evil, greedy laird, he had, uh, he was gone, and he had no family, so his whole estate, all his land, was left to his nephew, and his nephew came to live in the big house, and he was very different from the, the greedy laird. He was a very thoughtful, very kind, very caring man, and he gave Jack the job of running the whole estate for him, and he got a big pay rise as well. He was making good money. So much so that he could ask the lass for the kitchen if she would marry him, and she did, and the two of them lived happily for the rest of their days. But, you see, the thing is, Burns, you shouldn't take too much from nature, and if you do, you should always give something back, and you should only take as much as you need, and not be greedy and take too much. Because if you do, you might get a visit one night for old Crovey and his, and his attendants. And I don't think you would want that now, would you? <laughs>